0: Welcome to the Building Heroes podcast, where we learn to build heroes in our homes to help our kids be prepared for their life journeys. Hi, I'm your host, Molly Christensen, and I love to encourage and mentor you on your path. Hey, everyone, welcome to episode 64 of the Building Heroes podcast. And today I'm excited to introduce you to Jessica Kabinski. And I'm excited for you to hear her story and all of her wisdom about teaching kids because she is a teacher turned homeschooler. So welcome, Jessica. And why don't you tell us your story?
1: Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. Um, You know, it's an interesting journey because I look back we're like 15 years from where I started, you know, you graduate college, you've got your perfect image in your head on where your life's going to go. And then it just changes. Um, so, (laughs) so I was a classroom teacher for seven years, loved, loved, loved it. Um, it was something that I always enjoyed doing. I loved having the quirky kids. I loved having the kids that were challenging per se, Um, It was one of my favorite things to do. And my husband and I started to try to have a family and realized we were going to have a little bit of a challenge there. So I decided to quit teaching for a while to focus on that, Um, but was really blessed that we were able to begin traveling with like a textbook job. So I worked with a textbook company. Um, And I got to travel all over the country and work with schools and students, and it it was so fun. And in that time span, we started our process of adoption. And we ended up adopting three kids who are amazing and love them to death. And I just knew that my life was kind of on on a different path. So instead of heading back into the classroom, um, one thing I loved seeing so many more different students, you know, as part of my traveling, I got to work in, you know, wealthy private schools to poor school districts, you know, I I really got to see so many different kinds of learners. And I love that about it. Um, But I couldn't travel with three kids. (laughs) So, So that made our life a little bit different. Um, So I ended up, I stuck with them for a little bit. And then I had a few really amazing mentors, um, actually some principals that I worked with say, why don't you do this for yourself? Let's go in together. Let's do this for yourself. And they really helped me to shape what it would look like to continue to homeschool my own children because we were starting to think about what that would look like. And then also to continue teaching children because I really didn't want to lose that part. I love that part. So um I had some wonderful people in my life who helped encourage me. And we just started this kind of balance. Um, I ended up focusing on math, but I still do other stuff too. And then I started homeschooling my own kids. And you know, I used to laugh as a teacher when parents would say, You don't have kids, you don't get it. And I'd be like, whatever. (laughs) You're just saying that. Um, but now having my own children, I have been very humbled and blessed to see that, yeah, there there is a difference in having your own children. And also from a teacher who I have a very different mindset of how I teach versus how I homeschool. Um, they're two very different like personas completely. And it's funny because I still have opportunities to go teach in classrooms. Um, I also do like tutoring with kids, you know, online and some things like that. And I'm a very different teacher there than I am with my kids. Um, But that's for a reason, because my kids are very different. Um, You know, we've had our own challenges, you know, from their adoption stories to, you know, COVID and life changes and everything. And it's taken their toll on in different ways. And just adjusting our path and thinking about what learning looks like, I feel like is a day-to-day decision (laughs) as we continue to move forward with these little people who have such very different personalities. Um, So it's been, a, you know, like I said, if you would have asked me 15 years ago if I would be doing homeschooling my kids, um, you know, while teaching math to kids all over the world, I would have said, no, that's not what I'm doing. Uh, but I'm so thankful that this is where we've ended up and, you know, we were talking earlier, it really has changed who I am to be somebody I really like. And I think that that's really cool how every transition and every challenge has just shaped me, um, and my family at the same time.
0: Oh, I love that story. Because that really is a great example of a hero's journey because so often we think we're going one direction and then we hit different things in our lives and they do shape us who we are. And the journey is really what is shaping us to become better people. And yeah, I love that. I also love that you enjoyed working with the quirky and challenging kids. (laughs) Because as parents, homeschooling, Some of us may feel like we have some of those for sure. And sometimes those are the kids that everybody's like, why can't you be like everyone else? But in our heart of hearts, that's not really what we want for our kids. We want them to go on their own paths. And yet, you know, there's always that part of our brains that say it'd be so much easier, you know, if we conformed, you know. So Tell us a little bit more about working with the quirky and challenging kids in that sense. Where, you know, how how did you figure out how to best help them? You know, what are some of the principles maybe that helped you
1: know how to help them? You know, I think one of the things I liked about it as a as a teacher, because I can look at it as a parent and as a teacher. You know, as a teacher. I always like, I I like the challenge. I like that this kid does not fit the mold, that there's something you've got to figure out. Um, You know, I've always liked puzzles, (laughs) so I guess it relates to that, right? Um, So, you know, finding what works for that student. And I also think realizing that behaviors are, are a way of communicating that they may not have. So, you know, even now I'll go into classrooms and I'll work with teachers and they'll say, oh, this kid is being noncompliant or he's shouting or he's rolling all over the floor or all those kind of things. And that's all things that are, that these children are communicating to us. And it's our job to figure out what they're saying. And I think that when we actually take the time to look at the root of that, you know, as a classroom teacher, it involved getting to know the family and talking with the family, Um, My husband and I would go to baseball games with kids and like get to know them and their families. And that was really important to us Um, because the more I understood that background, the more I was able to reach that child. Um, So that was part of it. And my classroom was always super just loud and (laughs) noisy. And we just kind of had those things. I think at one point it was said, Miss K is really hard, but she's really fun. And so, you know, high expectations, but also knowing when we can be silly and when we can get all that energy out and, you know, keeping that in mind as a parent, I really learned that, you know, especially as a homeschool parent, there is this persona of your homeschool family, you know, whatever people are going to think, um, and I think that, you know, you have certain kids who fit that mold, who are like, they're studious, they want to sit down, they want to do the work, they're really naturally inquisitive. And I have some kids that are like that. And then I have the kid who's sensory, you know, who, who needs to be jumping around the room, who needs to be loud. And everywhere we go is very loud. And everything we do is very jumping all over the place. And I really learned that that's his way of communicating in our family. And when I embrace those things about him, we have such a better day. And when I embrace the studious, you know, part of my other child, we are able to really reach him where it matters. And I think that it's been fun to get to know all their personalities, just as it was as a classroom teacher, getting to know my kids and, you know, knowing them on a level that was personal. Um, I mean, I still have kids, you know, with the invention of Facebook, you're like, oh, no, this is from 20, you know, however long ago. And you're seeing students and it's so cool to watch them grow up. And I think with my own children, I'm so excited to see where these little challenges or these little things that. You know, if they were in a mainstream classroom, which is partly why we homeschool might be hurdles for them, but because of how we're set up, we can embrace them and use them to our advantage.
0: Yeah, that's really, really good. Some really good points there. You know, I think a lot of times as homeschool moms, we forget, just have fun, you know, have fun, still have high expectations, but have fun. And I, and I think too, you bring up a really good point of just knowing them and their individuality. Um, But I also really liked what you said about as a teacher, you love the challenge. It's like a puzzle of finding what works for them. And And I think for homeschool moms, that could be a really good mindset shift for some of us as moms, because we may have these kids that and don't fit the mold. And we're just trying to figure them out. And, you know, instead of thinking, I can't, I don't know what to do about this kid. I'm failing this kid. Maybe we can say, Hey, this is a cool challenge here to figure out what's going to work for this kid. How can I get to know this kid better? How can I figure out some methods that's going to help reach this kid and connect with this kid and, and help them get excited about learning. So I, I really like that reframe of, you know, you say that's that's like your teacher persona, but I think we could definitely pull that
1: into homeschool more, too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, I think, too, the joke was when they, were, when they were little, you know, when they were babies, you're like, okay, we finally figured out this thing, and then they grow and they change, right? Like, you finally get it ready, and then they change. Well, I'm even seeing that with our kids. You know, as a classroom teacher, I saw, taught the same grade level for many years, and so I kind of knew that age group, and we were good. Well, now with my own children, it's like, okay, we figured out age seven. Like we're good. We get age seven. Well, then they turn eight and they have hormonal changes and you know, new interests or whatever. And now it's like, okay, new challenge, new focus. And, you know, I think too, one thing that you said, um, when we're figuring them out, it's also shaping us at the same time, too. And I I think that's been something that has been really interesting for me is to see how it also frames who I am. And, you know, of course the end goal is that by the time we get through this, we're both better people. My, my kids are becoming amazing people that will benefit society. And it's also shaping who I am as well. And we can look at that challenge together.
0: Yes, so much. Yes. Because, you know, it's not just a journey. Um, For them but it's a journey for us as well and those obstacles or those challenges that we find in our path a lot of times we can interpret them as oh I'm I'm bad at this Mm -hmm. I'm not doing this right but they really are just like puzzles to figure out and solve and sometimes you know puzzles can be really fun but sometimes puzzles can be really
1: frustrating too (laughs) so uh, yeah go ahead Well, I was going to say too, I think that there's nothing wrong with telling your kids that this is hard. You know, I mean, I, I think that embracing that and saying mommy's been sick all week and she's really struggling this week. Her patience has been very thin and I'm really sorry. And I'm working on that and you're helping me work on that. Maybe a little too much, maybe back (laughs) off a little bit, but You know, I appreciate that we're doing this together. And I think having that transparency, you know, apologizing to your kids when you don't do it the right way or you did mess it up or you blew it, you know, there is nothing wrong with that. And I think, again, it builds that emotional connection with your children to see that you're a human being, you make mistakes, and nobody's expecting perfection here. And I think that that's really important. And I also think it's helped in our family when we're transparent like that for them to know that they can take risk as well and that we're not going to freak out when it's not perfect each time.
0: Yeah, totally. Because, you know, sometimes I think as homeschool moms, we can have this tendency to think that we have to do it perfectly. Otherwise we're going to mess up our kids. Well, I mean, we're not going to do it perfectly. So we might as well teach them how to react and or proact, I guess, when we do mess up and and teach them that, that it's okay to mess up because that's obviously part of the learning journey too, for sure. So let's talk a little bit about um, how you solve the puzzle. How do you figure out how to help kids get excited and, you know, different types of learners, you know, what works best for different types of kids?
1: know well so that's a huge 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 range right um i, know I asked that question i was like wow that was a really big question okay <laughs> that's okay we can we can kind of break it down so you know just from my from my own experience and i can kind of take it from the different different learners right so for a kid who who loves to learn you know so as part of my journey which is funny and I always tell this to people my oldest is he was like such an easy baby. He was always ready to learn, always just so excited, like so easy, which you know, again, I, I'll be honest, I was a little bit like, I got this. This is so easy, I can do this, right? Like it was fine. Um, so for for that type of learner, we've really tried to teach him how to make his own goals and and be in charge of his own learning. You know, one of the things is a classroom teacher. When you had children that were gifted, and I'm not necessarily saying he is, but in that same circumstance, kids that were learning quickly or more advanced, you know, they would always say, how are we going to push them? And it was such a, such a topic for me that I even went and got my master's and gifted because I felt so inadequate. Like I didn't know what to answer when parents would say that. But one of the things that came back was it's not all up to us. Like we, for our kids that are naturally inquisitive and they're, you know, they seem to pick up concepts really quickly. We need to teach them how to continue their own learning. Like we need to encourage them to chase their dreams and go find those things that they're interested in. And so one of the things that, you know, we've done is a little bit of self-study, you know, what are you interested in? How can we help you to achieve what you're interested in? Um, when they get a little bit older i met with someone that they would find like apprenticeships you know where they could go find and work with someone who they can learn from to to just examine that a little bit more and they are responsible for that i'm helping to push it along but you're really putting it in their hands and even as young as six we can still follow that path i mean i remember we were we are outside one day and we have hawks all around our house. They keep trying to eat our chickens. So we were outside watching the hawks and my son was just like, they have really big wings. I wonder how big their wings are. So we got books from the library. We started researching. We got all these different measuring tools. We got out on the driveway and we started measuring different wingspans and just going all about, I mean, we spent like a week on this just following what he asked a question about. And I think that that helps those children to really embrace that my questions matter and I can find answers to my questions. So so that would be my first suggestion for the, the kid who loves school, loves learning, you know, go with them and encourage them to use that in a way that will forever impact them. Um, And as they go through different stages of their life, obviously, there will be more opportunities for independence and, and really pushing that. So that would be that kind of learner. And, you know, even when I had those kids in the classroom, we did a lot of independent, like, check in with me kind of projects. So, hey, you're really interested in this. Let's talk about what you'd like to do about it. Let's set some due dates on when you would meet back with me. You know, are you going to call the mayor and interview the mayor? Great. And this was in a fourth grade classroom. We did that. Um, you know, let's set up your interview. Let's write your questions. Who are you going to do? And that was their responsibility. And and again, it was pushed on them with my support and, and my help. So that would be my suggestion for that kind of learner. Um, the other kind of learner that kind of comes to mind is kind of the hesitant, (laughs) maybe the learner who's not so excited about what you're doing. Um, I don't know if any of you have this, but like some days at our house, just getting them to sit down is a battle. Um, So finding, finding those, those types of routines for, for those types of students, one, incorporate a lot of physical activity into your day. I think that that has been one thing that we have really pushed on. And if you notice, there is a trend in the United States for all these outdoor classrooms now, that is because they're finding our kids need to be outside. So especially in the elementary years, and I just actually toured a high school that was an outdoor high school, which was really cool. Um, we need to have our kids running and jumping and carrying and getting dirty and, and doing all those kind of things with their bodies in order for them to sit and control their bodies to do the other things. So we do a lot of movement, a lot of outside and play time. Um, we do a lot of our homeschool outside, you know, because why not? If it's <laughs> bored to stay, why not? Um, so I would I would say embrace those uh, you know, one of the things I tell parents all the time too, is don't, don't make a kid sit at longer than necessary. You know, if, if they come to you and they're ready to focus and you start seeing the focus drop, give them a break. Um, you know, one of my children, we can only work for about 10 minutes at a time and then he needs a break and that's Okay. And, I, and he comes back and he knows I give him lots of warnings because if I don't give him a warning that we're going to work in a few minutes, he's not going to come. So we know to set those times and to just really make sure I'm ready for when he comes. We spend 10 minutes and then he goes and he moves on um, because he just it's not going to engage him past 10 minutes. And that's OK. So so really thinking about setting manageable goals for those kids who find school overwhelming or find it, you know, too much at one time. I think that is kind of something that we do, you know, checklists, anything like that um, can help with those goals as well so that they feel like I'm accomplishing what I need to do, you know. I, I have a checklist every morning of what's on the agenda. Um, I also put anything like if we have a weird day, you know, gymnastics or something like that, that goes on there. And there are some mornings that this student will say, I just want to get all done now. I'm like, OK, like, let's do it then, you know. And then there's other days that he's like, I want to go outside and play for two hours first and then I'll come back and do that. Okay. You know, so I'm okay with that. And I think him having that control helps him to feel like he knows what he's going to do. Um, and I think that's a benefit of the homeschool setting versus the classroom setting. Cause in the classroom setting, I'm like, ah, well we have this at this time and this at this time. And, you know, we have to do it during these parameters. And so I think it's nice to give those learners as much control as we can so that they do feel successful in those moments.
0: Yeah, that's really good. And I think that time tip is really um, useful because so often we think that we have to finish that amount of curriculum that it said to do today.
1: You Mm -hmm. know, I
0: know when I was teaching my daughter to read in the hundred easy lessons, um, she she would almost never, ever be able to get through an entire lesson. So I would have kind of have to use my mom instincts to know when to push her to go slightly longer or just say, nope, she's done. (laughs) We'll just be done. And it's okay. We'll just pick up here tomorrow. And it's totally fine to do that, to not finish an entire lesson. And I know sometimes we can get all stressed out because we're like, no, this curriculum for the year, I have to finish it this year, you know, but no, that is another beauty of the homeschool setting is that we can pace it to their individual. And it's, it's crazy how much they can actually learn in just 10 minutes, you know? And part of what we're doing is we're training for focus. You know, it's not just that we have to get to the curriculum. It's knowing the kid, like you were
1: mentioning earlier too, knowing what their limits are (laughs) for sure. Yeah, Yeah. well, it's, it's funny because I've actually like written curriculum as part of what I do. And, and when I go and talk to people, I'm like, okay, yeah, that book does say that because we're aiming for that audience, you know? So like whenever you open any textbook and you read it, remember they're aiming for like the whole, and they're not looking at your particular kid. And so you have to make those judgment calls, you know, when I would train teachers, I'm like, You have to put your teacher brain and make that decision of, oh, I can read my room. I know what's happening and I got to make that judgment call. And I think it's the same thing because I'm with you. You read that and you're like, oh man, you know, we are going to be so behind and I don't know what we're going to do. He's never going to learn to read, you know, like it's that panic. But I think too, you know, again, setting goals, we just celebrated, um, we're doing all about reading and, and my struggling learner just made it through one of those first little short stories books. And so he had, he had two lessons left. And I said, look, when you finish with this, we're going to celebrate. What would you like to do? And he wanted to go bowling. And I said, okay. So when we finish, and he's like, well, we're going to finish today, let's do those two lessons. Let's knock it out. And I'm like, okay. So that's what we did. So, you know, setting goals for him is really important. And also, you know, like we try to reward it with like some kind of interactive thing, you know, that we'll do as a family together. And that matters to him. And so I think letting him manage that and knowing that we're going to catch up eventually, you know, so it's going to be okay if we don't get to all these components right now, because at the end of the day, the Uh goal is, to get there and he'll get there on his own pace.
0: Well, and that's one thing I always say, it's not a race. So, so it's not like we have to catch up. We're not behind, you know, it may just be if we're comparing them to what the standards say or whatever, it might seem that way, but that is the other beauty. There's a lot of beauties of the homeschool setting, but we can let them go at their own pace. And the other thing is, is we tend to think, because curriculum has all these lessons set out in nice, orderly fashion, we tend to think that we learn in this linear path, this straight line, but it's really not like that. <laughs> you know, it can be a roller coaster or it can be like, all of a sudden they got it. You know, it's mm-hmm. like they took off. It's, it's an exponential line. Um, and, and so it doesn't, it, it's kind of a myth that we learn like that. We, we, we use the curriculum as a tool to learn, but we don't necessarily learn. I mean, some people may more at that pace, but it's like you said, I love that quote curriculum aims for the whole, not the individual, which is so good to remember. Well,
1: and, and honestly, in a classroom setting with the, I I'm constantly coaching schools. And the number one thing is they're not all where they're supposed to be. In every single classroom. So, I mean, like, you know, I don't know why we would think that we're any, different. (laughs) you know, I mean, that they're struggling with that, too. You know, you have kids who are excelling, you have kids who are on level and you have kids who are struggling. So it's going to make sense that at some point along any child's educational journey, they're going to be at one of those points for something, some part of curriculum, you know, they may be really great at math but struggling with reading, you know, so there's going to be some kind of moment for these kids to have to slow down or Excel, you know, go a little bit faster, accelerate. And so we just have to read them and figure out where they're at. You know, we chose to homeschool because we knew our kids had some things that may be challenging we also know that every year we make the decision, are they going to stay homeschool? Are we going to put them in? You know, what do we want to do? And we're very flexible about that. But one of the things I love about this is that there's no, there's no timetable, you know, like we have the control to move them when we feel like we need to, we, we can say, okay, let's do second grade this year, but maybe we go into third or maybe we stay in first, you know, we have the ability to do that with those curriculums. And I just think that that's building so much confidence in, in our kids versus seeing them, you know, just being promoted by age and maybe always struggling or, you know, or being bored because they're staying at that same grade level. And so I just think it's a really nice benefit of, you know, using the time you have and going at the pace of your, your students. Yeah. And that really
0: just brings us back to the whole idea of unlocking the puzzle of your individual child, because that is, really what it's all about is is getting to know them helping figure out what sparks their interests and figuring out how they best learn whether it's going to be which I guess we really haven't talked about about much but you know whether they're going to be more hands on or or more auditory or whatever and just knowing that each child is an individual and that homeschool allows us to take that and unwrap
1: that gift is just awesome.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. I totally agree. And I, and, you know, again, I think it comes back to you, you find that you connect with your kids on a different level too at that way. Like, I feel like I'm getting to know my kids in such a different way because I'm taking what's unique about them and I'm embracing it and I'm getting to know this quirky little person, (laughs) you know, and, and you have this cool relationship with him as opposed to like, when I was a classroom teacher, you were the teacher, you know? And I mean, you did build relationships with the kids, but it was different. And, and knowing that you can have a love for learning, which is what I hope my kids will always have as they move forward. I want them to always love learning. I want them to always ask questions. And I'm hoping that by embracing what they are interested in and getting and helping them find these are my strengths. So here's what I need to do. These are my weaknesses. So here's where I need to maybe work a little bit differently and and understanding that everybody has weaknesses and we all make accommodations for those weaknesses to help them move forward as they grow up again, to be hopefully meaningful members of society that can contribute in a good way.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And you know, the funny thing is, the longer I live, the more I think that every single human being is quirky and challenging yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> in their own ways. Right. And that's what makes it such a fun adventure. I think is, is, you know, adventure should be full of puzzles. It makes it more fun. Right. Definitely. Cool. <laughs> well, Jessica, thank you so much for joining us today. And I have loved chatting about all your ideas here about helping kids learn. And if you can let our audience know a little bit more about what you do and where to find you, that would be great.
1: Awesome. Well, thank you for having me. I love talking about the way kids learn. I, I just love doing it. So thank you for letting me participate in this conversation. Um, so what I do now, I still help schools, but I also create a video library that helps students embrace Singapore math teaching methods. So um, I've, you know, been an author on some of the textbook series and really just creating teaching videos to help kids unlock the number one curriculum in the world for mathematics in a way that's fun. And we get to do a lot of fun stuff through the video and live classes. And you can find more about that at mathwithpurpose.com. Okay,
0: that's really cool because Singapore math is one of my favorite math programs, because it does such a good job hitting all the different ways we learn. And it makes you think too. So love it. And that's extra fun to have those videos to make it more fun and probably easier on mom, I'm guessing too.
1: No. And that's the goal is that you have this video that would help. I mean, they're for the kids. So the kids can sit down and watch them. They're like three to five minutes long. They can watch it and then go into their textbook and they know exactly what to do. Yeah. And that's awesome. All right. Thank you so much. Appreciate you coming on. Thank you so much for having me.
0: Thanks for listening to the building heroes podcast. Can you help more people join the Building Heroes movement by sharing this podcast? More people can find it when you subscribe to the show, rate it, and leave a review. For more help on Building Heroes in your home, get the free Building Heroes resources at www.buildingheroesacademy.com.